Hello and welcome to the next episode of the 8-4 Play Podcast. Yay. That's right, number two, we made it. Are you talking from the future or something? I am. <laughs> we exist. A future which we never, some said, would never pass. Um, anyway, my name is uh, Mark and uh, MacDonald. Um, I got that, gave myself that nickname actually after the last podcast. I'm going to try to avoid saying and uh, as much as possible this time. Yeah. And uh, we'll let the internet <laughs> take care of that. <laughs> Somebody already, uh, yeah, piping in on that. But anyway, to my right, just to intro our stellar cast today, my right, stage left, John fucking Riccardi, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Thanks for yes. that, Mark. I have a cold, by the way, so apologies in advance if I sound like a frog. We all do, probably a little bit. I and the uh, plague. By way of explanation, apparently I also curse a little too much, so we'll, we'll see what that happens. John had a problem with that. Um, his mom listens to the podcast. I have a problem with that. Yes, you do. That's all right. That's all right. We have religious listeners out there. Um, and uh, next to him, the lovely uh, Hiroko goddess hand, Minamoto, right-hand woman to uh, one Mr. Shinji Mikami this week. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Hi, I'm Hiroko. How was uh, how was translating for Mr. Murakami? You guys got it was along. Awesome, yeah, yeah. Right? I almost fell in love with that guy. He's just so nice. He's a nice person, and he's very smart. And right. I enjoyed the interview. Yeah, him and mm-hmm. Suda, right? You were yeah. doing stuff for uh, for their new game. Uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Shadows of the, the Damned. Damn, 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 damn. <laughs> <laughs> so that expressed that. And uh, to her right, JJ Mirhog Epperson. Uh, that that would be Epperson, actually. Epper, Epper, Epperson? <laughs> yeah, uh, Mirhog, that's cool. Do you know what that means? No idea. That is a Pokemon. That is a new Pokemon Whoa. that you will collect, you just no doubt, mind. yes, when you play Pokemon Black and White, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yes. Nintendo might take this podcast down now that we've <laughs> right. We've already said too much. I bought a legit co- copy. I am totally yes. legal. That's right. I'm not... You're not into... Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. totally legal. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been saving the best for last, our very special guest, and we have two of them this podcast. Coming That's up right. later is uh, one Mr. Ryan, no nickname, Peyton, because I didn't <laughs> think of one earlier. But right now, live, mostly, and in the studio, Shane, Urban Champion, Bettenhausen. I hate Urban Champion. You it's my love, least favorite NES game of all time. Love Urban Champion. Yeah, well, I'm really happy to be here. I didn't think this would actually start. This year, I thought this was going to be like a 2012 kind of release. The Eight Four Play podcast. <laughs> there are those who said this day would never come, Shane. Well, what are they to say now? I am very, very proud and honored to be here. But you know, one thing that makes me sad is the listeners at home can't experience the jaunty Monster Hunter cape that JJ is wearing. Indeed, yeah. yes, JJ is. Uh, we'll put a picture up maybe on the website uh, for our listeners. But please don't. JJ gets a little cool. He's like a uh, he's like an old woman that way. <laughs> he he wears a, a shawl. He feels a draft, puts on a shawl. He does. He might knit his own shawls everyone else sweating their asses off <laughs> in the so humid here it is record tokyo, tokyo is disgusting heat. yes yet you're wearing a jaunty shawl it's very cold in here <laughs> no it isn't yes it, dude they send it to like 19 degrees in celsius by the way <sighs> anyway anyway shane so you were actually supposed to be on our first podcast but I was. due to cr- general craziness i had some insane travel nonsense that but, but you did get to make it to tgs i did you were at the you were at the show I for was. actually probably more days than you were when I, you were in the press i had never encountered a sunday public day out of eight years of coming to tgs i never knew what it was like until this year go so go ahead and you can tell everybody why you were there uh, crow was, about it 
I was there uh, working on Sunday at our booth. Um, well, at UTV Ignition, we were proud to be showing El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron to the public for the first time. But and, why were you there on Sunday? Uh, you know, it was the lucky recipient of one of the 10 CESA Future Game Awards, which was Ooh. was really spectacular to actually go to the award ceremony and see Sawaki, the director, accept the award. And uh, yeah, it was... There you go. That's very, all you very, got. <laughs> Did you guys... Was there or was there not an ignition-wide initiative to uh, everyone to vote for El Shaddai? It's funny. I was told to vote, and I was hand, <laughs> I was handed the card to go vote, but I didn't actually. I didn't vote. Right. Well, so, but obviously, there's like seventy thousand. How many? How many? They announced the numbers. It was another record attempt. Yeah, sixty something thousand people. Okay. I think, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that was packs. I don't know. How no. Many this. TGS. But this was re- record attendance, and obviously on Saturday and Sunday there were a Mark McDonald fuck ton of people. <laughs> most of them in line to play Monster Hunter, but there were a lot, right. a lot of people there. And, so uh, what did you? What did you think in general? What were your impressions this year of the show? So I thought the last three years had been that kind of tragic diminishing returns like fewer and fewer games worth playing three years being since the like the first ps3 game tgs yeah yeah yeah. and uh there was always a real dearth of like ps3 or 360 games that you could actually play and and this year there were a lot more it's with odd there were fewer ds games and fewer wii games but there were more ps3 and 360 games almost no ds games almost no ds games i think it's kind of a clearing for the 3ds obviously coming and well and 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 also in the past i mean i think there were there were there there were games to play but it didn't seem like there were new game announcements actually saved for tgs and this year you mean microsoft had you know a a lot there was one maybe uh capcom had the miles edgeworth sequel i think Maybe yeah, that was, was one of the only. One. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there was a few, but it I mean, was you just. Nino Kuni was there for DS. There were a few, there right. were a few DS games, but in general, it seemed to be moving towards next gen stuff finally, you know, about damn time. We're only like five years into that generation, so, you know. Hmm. Um, hmm. But yeah, I, I felt it was an upswing, and there, were, there was more excitement. Japan's, you know, catching up somewhat. You know, like, you know, if Inafune is to be believed, then Japan is still doomed completely, but I think this year there was a glimmer of hope. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, so what what do you think about that? Like, you work with... So there's a, bit, a lot of talk this week about, uh, as there has been the last two years since WADA made that uh, that keynote uh, address. I mean, even before that, about, like, what's going on with Japan. Um, it's come up again, like you said, this year uh, with that uh, with Inafune uh, talking about it, as he has, like, several times before. Yes. This year, he actually directed it at Capcom as well. Like, he, he wasn't accepting... Capcom from it, but you work with a lot of Japanese developers. So, what do you th- what do you think about that? What do you think about the stuff that he said? Well, you know, I think he is still right in a lot of ways, and like working with the Japanese developers that have had the luck of doing, you know, it's it, they're not as uh, as keen to do things such as downloadable content or multi platform development because there's not a because there's not a domestic market, or why? I, I think they're just kind of set in their ways. There, a lot of the technologies that the game has been built upon are things they're used to using, and yeah, they just have been. Sl- Slow on the uptake, and meanwhile, the West is kind of you know run away with you know these huge successful franchises, tons of DLC, you know, and uh, right. I, I felt like Japan was just reticent to change and didn't want to listen to anybody else, and it's you know it's, they're kind of a, a prideful people in a way, mm-hmm. and uh, it takes a lot to swallow, that, swallow people, that pride. I can hear people typing away right now as we speak. <laughs> no, but like, would you agree? Shane Bettenhausen death threats. Would you agree? No, I I mean I've talked about it many times. I think you can't totally right off japan because if you like one of the things that i always bring up is if you look at guitar hero 
Japan had a lot of these ideas and just didn't well, capitalize and on oddly, them. Right? You saw this week that like Konami settled this week finally. Like there was a settlement reached. No one, no, oh, one, I didn't no one knows the number with, yeah. rock, with the rock band, right? With the rock band, yeah. yeah, settlement reached. But I mean, you know, you could argue a God of War. A lot of it came from you know Devil May Cry. Like yeah. a, a lot of you know, even place uh, Fantasy Star Online was really influential to a lot of the biggest games right now. I think they just haven't evolved, haven't marketed things correctly. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's still a lot of good ideas coming out, but yeah, I do think that a lot of what Inafune is saying is is right on, and uh, it's not easy to be that guy. Right. Like as you might have seen from like the internet reaction to what yeah. he said, he says himself like he would be killed or, or whatever <laughs> right. Right. if like, he was in the yeah yeah in samurai era Japan right. or whatever. Well, and you know, and since going to the publishing and development side, one of my real goals has been to do more download games. You know, things for like XBLA, PSN, and in Japan, that for the longest time nobody even wanted to hear that like you'd go and be like hey how about a download game they're like no god, so that's, god why, no why was that what was their why were they so averse to download games because well, you would think that we talked about this a little bit before or maybe later if that was with Ryan <laughs> um, about how like you know Japanese developers are actually really um, you know in t- they're really good at making kind of small particularly detailed you know design oriented games and like so you think they would be perfect for that? Spoilers, yeah. but why? So why is that? Why? Why don't? Why were they so averse? Well, I mean, obviously Xbox Live Arcade was you know the industry leader, and of course Xbox hasn't ever been that popular here. So therefore, it wasn't a good you know monetary decision to put all your resources into a download game for Xbox here. And then Sony wasn't as good about you know informing consumers about PSN, and certainly Nintendo wasn't about WiiWare either. Right. So I think there just wasn't a lot of understanding of the platforms. And mm. even, even in the West, you know, when I first started trying to do this, it was hard to convince people that it was a profitable model. I mean, you've only had the successes of Battlefield and Shadow Complex and Trials in the last year. You know, it's it's kind right. of a, it's kind of a new thing, and now you know everyone's saying, "Oh, you know, Limbo sold four hundred thousand units in a month or whatever," and it's that's awesome. But yeah, it's it's still kind of new, and getting Japan to like quickly catch up to that again, it's, it's a challenge. But um, you know, I think it's starting to happen, and a few of the developers I met with here at TGS were pitching me download games, and that's cool. But I think it's still going to be a while before they catch up to what's what's happening right. in, in the US and Europe. A lot a lot of our listeners might not know this too, but like the situation here with PSN and Xbox Live, we don't have Netflix or something like that here. You can't get like TV and movie and all this cool stuff that you guys get. None of that is here like the 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 you know the catalog is very sparse right and it's got like a you know it's got basically most of the games but that's about it so it seems yeah. like you know a lot of people don't have as much of an incentive to even try those well, services and here. also in japan i think there's a little bit more kind of collusion between retail media publishers disc, think? disc manufacturers it's all kind <laughs> of connected more than you'd think Right, right. <laughs> yeah, we have... Now, don't want to ruffle any feathers out there, though. <laughs> so what other stuff were you hearing, like, on the show floor? Were you hearing people talk about PSP2 stuff? Were you hearing a lot of 3DS talk, even though there wasn't stuff on the show floor? Like- of course, everyone's really excited about 3DS. Um, and I know a lot of developers kind of... You know, there's a, the, the dev kits go out in waves. You know, they're, like, the most favored nation status. Get them early, and then slowly they right. start trickling out to other people. And, like, about... Where's Ignition fall in that... Um- um, <laughs> in which category? Well, uh, some of our development third world, no, no. Third world co- <laughs> some of our development partners in the West recently got their kits, and that's exciting because now they can finally like really start playing with them. But obviously, it kind of locks us out of being at launch for the most part. If launch is going to happen in the next six months, which we think it is, so you know, I think Nintendo still has 
you know they, they control they control their platforms and that's their right to do that so you think that november 20th japan date is legit i that'd be awesome but i think if that is legit there'll be like two games at launch it's gonna be maybe you know in a shogi game or something three games True. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be like n64 all over again <laughs> they have to have a shogi game yeah. of course yeah. but of course you know I, i'm really excited for 3ds i'd say i'm more excited for that than psp2 even though everything i hear about psp2 is awesome there's still the big question of you know it probably will be download only and that that's automatically going to make it kind of a weird proposition for retail. And are you hearing talk about that's what PSP two? I, I mean, are you are people at least talking about? Yeah, it? you know, actually, I, Some I had rumors heard, have started coming out during TGS about PSP two. Right. Well, and they even said, like, I think someone said, "Oh, PSP is kind of old." Some Sony representative, right? I heard that quote. But um, yeah, I think dev developers do have development kits already. He did say that. That yeah. was uh, Shohei. Uh, he was talking about that. That that kind of concerned me though, because he said, like, "Oh yeah, we're looking into." Technologies. We're investigating options. Basically, like I'm paraphrasing, I saw this on Edge Online, and to me, at this point, to me, I was hoping that this thing is done, and they're just figuring how how are we going to announce it, like roll it well, out. I think they're being careful, and I think they're revise, yeah. revising it. And you know, with the big question mark is, will they add a 3D screen to it if everyone else is going 3D? And I think that's still a big question mark. Yeah, that, and what about the phone too? Like those two things right. are, are. I don't know if I want that in a PSP. I've said this before, but it's sort of like you know, I'd rather them do something that makes sense for them. Like they keep kind of trying to follow everybody, but I, do I want a phone? Do I need a phone on my PSP? Well, and the problem is with with you know Unreal Engine on iPhone looking as good as it does, it's starting to be like, well, what do you Which offer? Is damn good. Yeah, like what do yeah. you offer me to? Make Make me buy a whole new unit when I have a, a phone that can play 3D games that look pretty awesome. Do you think right. that they would go with like an iPod Touch iPhone sort of model where they'd have a like a, a, a non 3G version, version or? A... I think that is definitely a distinct possibility. Ooh. Interesting idea, very interesting idea. Well, didn't they shit all over the idea of a glasses-free? They did 3D experience though, but you know until they have their own. Yeah, but they're trying to sell. They're trying to sell glasses. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's true. true. So they have hundred like a fucking warehouse full of hundred dollar glasses. A lot of glasses to sell Some, somewhere like upstate New York. Well, and, and you're all excited. Like <laughs> it's funny because I did not expect you to be Mister Waving the Flag for 3D. But all you talk about is playing Shadow of the Colossus in 3D. So I, so Shadow of the Colossus is one of the, I'm not the 3D guy, and in fact, even Shadow of the Colossus is not going to get me to buy a 3D TV because. I'm just kind of a wait and see, uh, a wait and see guy. At least as far as as far as new technology on that goes. But any if any game is going to sell 3D to me, it's Shadow of the Colossus. Why? Because the 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 game just imagine it in 3D climbing that guy. <laughs> Shane's looking up right now with the with the running up the sword. Really? Like For me, like the, the the whole excitement of that game is like the sense of scale mm. and the sense of you know of like realism, and like seeing it smooth. One a that was already exciting, but even just an added little Maybe. bit of it being in three D. That like, to me like is some like, of the Colossi fur is slightly closer to me than the other, and no. that, that is more compelling. I don't know. Like for me, a game like Child of Eden, if that supports 3D, that would be a seller for me because like well, that kind of game with patterns and you know the way the graphics are presented right. would look awesome in 3D. Yeah, no, I, I agree that that will be cool. But like, I mean, the the size and scale of those Colossi to mm. me, like as they're approaching you, to have that actually be even a little more real. I'm a little down on 3D ever since Piranha 3D. Yeah, I gotta you, say, it, you, it, it did physically make me ill. I, I vomited in a trash can afterwards. <laughs> but you know, I loved Avatar. I was the one who was extolling the virtues of Avatar. That's still the only 3D, you know, cinema experience I've had that was like, you know, tangibly better, like well, remarkably it, better. And it'll be interesting to see the games that are made for 3D rather than just have 3D tacked on, like Shadow of the Classes is going to have. 
I don't know if it's really going to happen on the 3DS, though, if you can turn down the 3D to make it essentially 2D. You can't design a game well, around yeah, having to have 3D a, right. if you can turn it off, right? You're right. That's that, that's the thing about 3DS too. Yeah, you can't you can't force people to use the 3D. So yeah, maybe in the future, I don't know. We'll see. But, but you know, speaking of 3DS, like, you know, have you guys heard the cool rumor about what the pack-in is? What one of the pack-ins for well, 3DS? Let's hear it. Our Tell listeners us. certainly haven't. Of course, we hear everything, but just for our ignorant, I thought maybe you had listeners. Heard it. <laughs> why don't you fill us in? No, I haven't heard. I'll just it. say it's a movie, and it's the biggest 3D movie. Maybe I already said the name of it earlier. <laughs> Maybe you Maybe did. Maybe I did. So why, why would they do that? That doesn't. I mean, that doesn't strike me as something that Nintendo. Why would Why would Nintendo? Why, why would Nintendo put a movie? pack in the most successful film of all time <laughs> to show off what their screen can do? Because it's not populace? a movie player; it's a game player. Why do we? Pack it, a movie it's actually in? a movie player. Also, yeah, it can play movies. I yeah, mean, they showed them at, at E3. Right? At E3, most of the demos were movies. I will say, I <laughs> that's, mean, that's not because they. I think that's because there's not any games ready for it, and oh. movies were already available. I get John's point oh, I, for, as. Nintendo it sounds Nintendo's kind of not one to mix message. unlike Nintendo to mix message but if you get a game game and you get that from the Nintendo side that's that's gonna move right to like units. convince my mom to care about it. Well, my mom, that's, that's right? My if mom. that's an extra, if that's an extra <laughs> along with like new Super Mario Brothers 3D or something, then maybe. But like they're not gonna. I can't see that being like the sales point of, of a 3DS. I think it's, it's nice gravy. I don't want to see Avatar again anyway. But come on, I know Shane, you loved it before it even came out, so I think you got some stock in that. You movie. did. You like the. You're, you, well, you're, a, you're a all furry, about the confirmed ugly furry. One no, another no. thing you and JJ have in common. Right. I, I am not a furry. And neither am I. For the record, you're I'm, kind of dressed like a pig right you now. Okay, you guys bought me this. Thing. There's no way you can make fun of me for it. All right, all right. Completely okay, uh, back to TGS. Though, I say the yes. other, for me, the other big story of TGS was was Connect, surprisingly, and in, and Microsoft's really intense uh, investment in Japanese developed hardcore Connect games. So you heard, you listened to our first show. I, I did. Would, yes. Do you agree that it was basically saying, okay? The E3 was it's not for you. TGS is uh, yeah, it is. Like next year. They were all 2011 games. Right. Hardcore Gamer Guy. This is for you, too. Yeah. Steel Battalion, Panzer Dragoon, all your favorites. Right. Which is, again, kind of a mixed message, but it, you know, it worked for me. Like the, A few of those games were games that I'm definitely curious to see more of. Although, uh, some of those games, like the game by Groundlings, the, the Dragon, Dragoon game. The Project Draco. Project yeah. Draco. My initial response is, man, I wish I could play that with a controller. I don't want to flap my arms. Right. I really don't want to flap my arms. Well, we'll see what happens, right? We'll see Who what knows? happens. I mean, maybe maybe they're just showing it off right now to kind of push connect. But we, I mean, maybe we, there's no. no reason not to have both, unless you literally can't play. Them I think I think it's Microsoft's mo to force developers to make games only for Connect. It's How an, else are you going to sell the hardware? I mean, it's an interesting thing. Oh, sorry, it's an interesting thing because a lot of people are talking about it with Child of Eden, which was one of the other big games at TGS, sort of the uh, the conundrum of, okay, well, do you play it with Kinect because you see somebody and it looks so cool, or do you play it with a controller where it's actually more accurate or more what you're you used to, right. maybe? You, when you watch Mizuguchi play Child of Eden with Kinect, you see lag. Right, right. right. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so, Shane, yes. uh, you had a lot of meetings this week. You met with a lot of important secret people. Yes, but one pe- one person you can talk about <laughs> is Mr. Sweary, Mr. Sweary Hero, Mr. Yes. Deadly Premonition. It was cool. It was kind of a full circle thing. It was last year at TGS when I had the first meeting with him, where I want you know I was like, we really wanted to publish Deadly Premonition, and 
he didn't believe me and he thought I was like <laughs> last year he, like, he thought I was making fun of him he didn't believe that I really liked the game that, right. that I thought it could be successful right and now you know a year later it worked out for you guys it totally worked out it's become this cult smash Ryan know. Payton we talked we mentioned it uh, later on in the in this show when we talked with Ryan Payton a big fan Ryan Payton, Ryan Payton had dinner with fan. him as well yeah you know and uh after we got the cover of Game Developer Magazine, I got a shout out to Brandon for making that happen. That's awesome. Um, you know, we had a lot of reorders and we actually sold out of the game like in, at the warehouse. So we actually had to make more copies of the game. And wow. That, that's that's awesome. <laughs> wow. So uh, I've been told you have an announcement here to make well, for the first I, time I, I, <laughs> exclusively no, no. on 8-4 Play, our yes. first big exclusive. No, Go. no, there's no, Shame. there's no announcement, but more of an intent that, oh. you know, both Swery and I would love to continue the adventures of Agent York. Probably not so much in a sequel, if you've seen the ending, more of a prequel, but if there's any way possible... You just spoiled the well, fucking game you should have played me. it. It's been, out, it's been out since February, all right? I got other shit to do. I'm, I'm taking my time. But anyway... I'm taking my time with it. We would Agent, def- Agent York's uh, Puzzle Squares. We would definitely like... <laughs> we, I would love, and Swery would also love, if, if it's possible for more Agent York to, to happen in the future cool so nothing 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 yet this is all very in the you heard it here first exploratory confirmed (laughs) psp2 launch title (laughs) york's adventures episode one maybe Maybe not maybe 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 but yeah and i'm really happy for him like lord of arcana i think that's actually he's doing that game for square enix it's probably going to be a pretty big hit yeah what do you think about really well you know compared to his normal games like (laughs) (laughs) wait you just got done telling us how how successful deadly Deadly premonition was monster hunter and the what happened to deadly premonition what's what's the japanese to give us the japanese title of deadly premonition red seeds profile okay First of all, what the fuck is up with that name? Is that like the worst <laughs> name of any game ever? That was a name that I refused to do. And the subtitle is it's Red Seeds Profile Killers MO. And uh, Yeah, it's second up okay, with the exchange rate, <laughs> with current exchange rate, what I, did that game retail well, for so in ye- Japan? Yesterday I went to the game store and I was gonna pick up a copy of it. It's still seventy seventy three hundred yen. Oh my god. Which is what? Mm. Like, like eighty five dollars like or so and in America it retails at your local Walmart $19. for a nineteen ninety nine. So I think it was a much bigger success in North America than it was in Japan for uh, obvious reasons. Safe to say. Yeah. yeah. And the European release, um, we're not doing it. Uh, Rising Star Games doing it. It was unfortunately pushed back to October, but it is still coming. All right. We actually have a sizable, we were looking at our stats, sizable uh, UK audience. Oh, really? Well, yeah, despite Tally Garnet's hate, hatred for their We had a racist on last country. <laughs> Tally Ho, Pip Pip, Agent York coming your way soon. There you go. Uh, so you. what else are you doing while you're here? You're here for like... Uh, to, you leave tomorrow. I do leave tomorrow. Um, yeah, a lot of the time, you did some shopping. You I get do, any games? Uh, I, I got this shirt that I'm wearing. I bought a few nice. old games. Nice. Bathing um, ape for those of you in the audience uh, who can't track of these things. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, a lot of time is actually spent at the studio, which was cool because I've, I've really gotten to know the team behind El Shaddai and and uh, you know, not, in the recent months, we've had a lot more input into the game, and that's cool. It's, it's, it's when cool. is that? When is that coming out for Sp- people? Spring. Okay. Um, and it's closing in on being content complete which doesn't mean it's done but which means like the level designs are finished and you can actually play through it all right so you heard us talk about it i did first, like, so what did you think we wanted well, you here to, yeah, to like, answer i kind of wanted to like answer some of the queries and concerns you guys had and like you know it's funny because in the last month we've been playing lots of different versions of demos and the final tgs demo is not necessarily the demo that i would have made mm-hmm. you know it's kind of piecemeal it was four little bits and pieces from different levels and um like like the stained glass section you guys talked about right there's like that was finished like a week before, and there's no which look good. There's just no enemies. Good, but there's no enemies, right. and, and there's no puzzles in it. And like there are, there are a lot of other 2D levels that are much more in depth, 
And um, they really wanted to make the demo super easy for the TGS show showgoers. Right. Mm. They wanted to make sure people wouldn't die and didn't right. get frustrated. In fact, like the, the last... So pla- they just took out all the enemies? <laughs> and the, the last platforming section with the clouds and waves, there's all these rocks on the bottom that keep you from falling. None of those are there in the actual game. Yeah, that was just there just purely to make for it demo easy. reasons. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily representative of what like a level the game would be like at all. It's more just going to give you a feel for a few of the gameplay modes. But, um, yeah, clearly it's... You know, it still has a long way to go, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think that the response has been pretty good, and it, and the visual style it is representative. Of, you know what the story and the visual style of the game is going to be, um, but yeah, it's it's a weird game. It's it's a kind of a divisive game and disruptive game, and right, and right I, down to the title, right down to the title. Um, but I, I think there's we've only scratched the surface, and there's a lot more to see. Mm. Um, so I would kind of tell people to be patient, stick with it. But it's you know it's 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 a different kind of animal than your normal character action game. Are you guys working on the rights to get Amy Grant on the soundtrack? <laughs> El Shaddai. You know what? I, I don't I, even know about this. I had never heard her song until someone pointed me to She it. does have a song. She does have a song. There's yeah. also a, a reggae song called El Shaddai, that's, which is much better than Well, you should song. totally get mix the two together, <laughs> and that should, should be your actually. theme song. Um, so tell us another exclusive <laughs> announcement. Tell us, uh, tell the world now uh, how you're going to be bringing uh, the Edwin jeans over. Oh. Oh, yeah. So, oh, my goodness. Well, outside of Japan. Okay, this is fucking ridiculous. Right. Like, is that the first, like, thing that's licensed i mean i know square and final fantasy they're doing fucking motorcycles and all kinds of or wait was that capcom i think it was capcom that was capcom with um shane dead rising you of all people Uh, can't fail me on the capcom motorcycle license devil may cry anyway but 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 jeans is the first place that you guys go like yeah outside of japan no one knows what edwin jeans is but here in japan it's a pretty well-known designer label brad pitt is one of their spokespeople and um in the game Enoch and Lucifer both wear Edwin jeans, and the Edwin jeans they wear are specially designed by <laughs> Sawaki, the director, and they're actually producing the jeans. You can't see me, wow. but I'm shaking my head. They're actually producing the jeans in December, and <laughs> they're going to be using Enoch. I'm pretty and sure he's... they didn't have jeans in the Bible. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, El Shaddai takes the Book of Enoch, not the Bible. It's, it's a biblical oh. apocrypha, and it you oh. know, translates it through a uniquely Japanese lens. I see. And Lucifer, see, he can trans... He can, he can, anyway. He's the future. Is, is and that brings anyway. The jeans back from Japan as a gift to Enoch. Of course is, he does. Is that why the main character looks like Brad Pitt? No comment. Oh, oh. be careful. We're getting already in legal trouble with the Pokemon. Speaking of which... Pokemon. Shane, are Pokemon. you buying it? Did you buy it while you're here? You know, I thought Pokemon. I was going to walk into a store and buy it, then it was allegedly sold out. Um, what? A, you you used to be such a super fan. Yeah, I kind of fallen behind on the Pokemans, but I will pick it up when it comes out in the U.S., I guess. Black or white? I will get white, I believe. Really? Yeah, white that's what doll. I'm talking about. Really? But I got black white. is outselling... But I'll tell you what I hate. I hate the starter Pokemon. They look retarded. Sorry, retarded. You know people. what? After 500, <laughs> 500 somewhat Pokemons, it's kind of out of ideas. Yeah. I mean, you can't really look that good anymore. They're honestly. running out of pieces to like put together. Seriously, as new it's Pokemon. Like, now they just like throw shit at the wall, and whatever it looks like when it hits the floor, it's a new Pokemon. But like, I will say the other enhancements, like faster battles, that's sure. cool. And the fact you, you you were telling me that one of the towns is actually different in the two apparently. I, this is what I've heard. This right? is what like I think it's a black. It's a city, and in white, it's like a kind of a foresty sort of rural huh. town. That's, all right, so Mirhog, cool. you you played the most out of yes. all of us. On on this so give us the lowdown so far okay so i you know i i pitch this to me like okay pitch this to sure. me as who i actually am which wait, is wait, somebody wait. who once loved pokemon you made your millions on pokemon <laughs> you did. i made several dozens of tens of dollars on a book <laughs> on a book written a, a pokemon strategy guide as somebody who once loved pokemon and got kind of tired of it because it was kind of the same thing over and over and over again even with 
even with like time and day and night and cycles and like little improvements which they've made and they're very solid games but as somebody who's kind of like got fatigue mm. is this the game that's going to give me back see i don't know if i can answer that because like i only played red and blue like briefly 15 years ago or whatever so like this is my first pokemon Wait, in a long you're time you're not a pokemaniac at all i'm not <laughs> You're not the world's greatest trainer at all. <laughs> You're not going to be the very How best. How many badges do you have? I have one, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> but actually, okay, so to kind of answer your question, the, this yeah. game is like they focus a lot on community stuff. And that's what's cool about this it's strange for a game. Ja- for a Japanese. It, and it's actually, this, it's game. a very strange thing. So let me paint you a picture. This morning, I'm on the train. Yes. And, uh like, I knew this game had some sort of catch mode to it, like in Dragon Quest last tag year. Mode. Yeah, yeah, tag mode. Like you put your DS on sleep, you walk past people, you collect yeah, stuff. Yeah, and then happens. you collect stuff. So, um, in this game, like, I, I, I turned on Pokemon just to see if I can find that feature and turn it on. And all of a sudden, on my bottom screen, all these names start popping up as I'm playing the normal game. And I'm like, well, what's going on here? And, like, you know, I hit a name, and I see this person's profile, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, I see a guy with a DS. <laughs> and then I start fiddling with buttons, and then, like... There's like this option to challenge them to a duel, and I'm like, I'm on oh, the fuck- it's on. I'm like, on the fucking live, train. Right there on the train. It's updating live. Whoa. Like as I'm doing this, like there's little updates on the bottom of the screen, like blah blah blah. Just encountered, a, uh, you know, this Pokemon, or he's low on health. So, you know, come and help him and stuff like that. So wait, sorry, so just to stop you real quick. So sure. you have your Pokemon set up, and they're gonna fight on their own. You just set it up, or you're mm-hmm. actually like drawn into a regular turn-based Pokemon battle. Correct. You are. You are like I'm challenging you to a duel and yeah. let's go and that's you know it goes right to it it's like totally on the fly what happens when i walk away like i this is my stop so you walk out i don't know what happens if you're in the middle of a duel because i haven't done it yet okay but like they'll remain in your list but they'll just gray out their name so you can't do anything with them but it collects that data their their profile where they are in the game how long they've played and oh, various okay, other cool. things and then it also um it takes like game data like there's three different questions in this like survey thing that they have right and it asks like you know your daddy yes <laughs> is he rich and, oh, sorry uh, and uh and, like the questions are if they have black and or white what was their starter pokemon and then how much how long have they played the game can the game fucking just tell itself <laughs> if they have black or white like that's the well, no, that's the thing. survey it, question it, well it, it it sends it to your uh DS, so, like, I've, you know, walked by, like, five, 57 yeah, yeah, yeah. people, so out of 57 people... 57 people, really? Yeah. Wow. That In was how many on my morning, my, my morning commute today. Holy they, they, they allegedly shit. shipped 1.7 million copies, and it sold out. Yeah. It's Pokemon! It's, it it's is Pokemon. Redi- and, and it's this weird, like, kind of, like, it turns everybody on the train to, like, Potential your enemy. Yeah. <laughs> It's oh, so, your friend. Well, friend or enemy, whatever. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I thought I you'd like be like looking at marriages like, will right. bloom. I will say, I've seen yeah. people walking down the street playing Pokemon. Like walking down the street. I'm like, right. I guess those Pokemon aren't going to catch I, Like, I just want to open my. <laughs> I just want to keep it open just to see who I'm walking by and stuff like that. It sounds a lot like Dragon. Yeah, you guys were with well, Dragon and, Quest. And, and instead, in Dragon Quest, you could only have like three people at a time. In this one, you can have thirty, and it's constantly oh. updating and fleshing out old people, so you don't ever have to. Well, in Dragon Quest, it was much more passive, but I, it almost sounds like maybe it was a better idea. 
idea because I do really wonder, like, mm. okay, I'm fighting you. This is your stop. You leave. Like, what happens? What do I get if I beat you anyway? Like, what what's in it I for me know. to even you do? You can just steal the Pokemon? That'd be awesome. That would be. Like your prize. I, I have no idea. <laughs> but and Just so you guys know, the reason we don't know that much is because the game just came out yesterday. Right, so we yeah, have, like, yeah. a day to try it out. It, we'll it definitely play it more. Saturday, well, Sunday. It did come out on Saturday. Saturday. It came out this weekend. I didn't he get it until yesterday. So, yeah. like, I, I tried to play as much as possible before the podcast. And it's it's hard to find. It's actually, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you guys had to do some shady black market shit in order to get your... <laughs> yeah, I had to be... Well, someone else had pre-ordered Did some stuff copies. you were not proud of. <laughs> yeah, and I, I got an extra pre Shinjuku slip. Alley. But it's, it, it kind of, like, playing this and seeing all these new features and stuff like that made me really think, like, okay, when they talked about the new, like, 3DS can pick up, you know, stuff from any game, anywhere sort right. of thing. Like, I think this may be kind of what they're sort planning with the 3DS. Yeah. Like. Yeah, if you want to know cool. like what the 3DS might be like. So just superficially, graphically, gameplay-wise... Okay, gameplay is the same. Graphics look better. No, I hear battles are faster. And battles are faster, I think. I Everyone says yeah, battles are a guy. little bit faster. I mean, for, I've played less than him. I played about an hour, and I would say the first hour is the same as every other Pokemon. It is. You, you uh-huh. meet the, the professor, professor, you get your Pokemon, you yeah. talk to your mom, you whatever, mess up your room. <laughs> yeah, but, the, the story is very much like Saturday morning uh, ham-fisted anime storyline with when, when they can do like Kitty po- dialogue. Pokemon the end, like Ryogago Like not in our lifetime. Undead Pikachu's eating your Good God. It's a formula that works, though. And I, I can understand that they they write it that way because little kids, like elementary school first graders, will yeah, be playing this. Each game, new so. generation comes up with it, and then for the other people, it's like nostalgia right. at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so anyway, speaking of nostalgia, I uh, used to talk with Mr. Ryan Payton uh, back when he was on the Kojima Productions report uh, several times, but uh, we managed to corner him while he was here for TGS as well. Um, and what the hell did we talk about with him? We talked about a lot of Metal Gear. Metal Gear. We talked Rabbit. about life at Kojima Productions a little bit. We yep. talked about differences between uh, Japanese and working in a Jap- big Japanese company versus a big American company. He's at he's at three four three now. Three four three Industries. The Halo right. guys. Yep. Deadly um, Premonition came up somehow. Uh, and David Ellis were playing through it together. That's right. They were uh, tweeting a lot about it too, and apparently. Swery is uh, is on Twitter and responds to almost everything. Everything. If you send Swery sixty five a tweet, he will respond to you. So yeah, fans, go check that out. But uh, but anyway, um, we'll take a quick break and then when we come back, uh, we'll have our segment that we recorded a couple days ago with uh, Mr. Ryan Payton. Right, and as maybe you can tell by my voice, uh, certainly maybe other people's, we've traveled a little bit back in time uh, because we have a very special guest here in the 8-4 studios, Mr. Ryan Payton. Konnichiwa. Hey, <laughs> hey everybody. I was waiting for somebody to do that. You're the first. Yes. <laughs> Some guest, yeah. Achievement unlocked. But you can actually pronounce it. Uh, I was thinking the first person that get here would be like, Konnichiwa. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, also along... Uh, able-bodied john riccardi hi guys and the lovely hiroko minamoto hey guys 
uh, both the other 8-4 partners. So, uh, Ryan, you're here for the Tokyo Game Show. Yes. Uh, let's see. Six years in a row, I think, right now. And yes. you are a podcast veteran. A little bit. Well, so you and I. You and me, yes, both. Uh, because you started the Koji Beer Productions report. Yeah, back in, what was it, 05, 06. And we did... Uh, well, I did 85 episodes of the wow. Coaching Productions Report. 85. Weekly, wow. weekly show. And then the, kind of the second half of that series was with you as a co-host, right? Yeah, yeah and you, I, you were on like the half of them, right? You were on a lot of episodes. I was on a few. I was on a few. It was an interesting operation, sometimes recorded in the uh, garden in the back <laughs> right. of the Coaching yeah. uh, Productions offices, sometimes mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. local park. Uh, right. The homeless and people yes. scattering around and the trains going by. High was, school was, kids kissing on the guys, bench. Yeah. Didn't you guys do one in a Mexican restaurant? Did we ever do we one might in like, yeah. yeah, We also I recorded remember. in, uh, I don't know if it's still this way, but at least at the time, the most expensive plot of land in all of Japan and probably the world, which was Tokyo Midtown, that awesome studio that we had in Konami. That's right. Yeah. right. But it was cool. And they're, they're, they've continued it. It's still going on. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. The numbers were huge. Actually, the number the, that thing actually got really big right before MGS4 came out. Yeah, and I'm not, I heard not bragging, but uh, at yeah. its peak, we yes. were around 85, 90,000 listeners a week. And wow, wow really? That's a lot. And I heard Holy a little cow. birdie told me that uh, it might have even been bigger than uh, Mr. Kojima's uh, uh, little <laughs> podcast itself. Potentially, granted, like I have like the whole English speaking community of the world uh, versus the whole Japanese speaking community of the world. Right, so right. It's not right. entirely fair, but uh, oh, you're false I'm modesty. St- <laughs> You're better than Kojima. Let's just put it out there. Yeah, let's just put that out there. And now, this is, now we can have a real conversation. So, you know, so yeah, before we get into uh, more into why you're here, now you're working at, uh, at Microsoft. Yep, my, working at Microsoft. I've been there for two years now, working at 343 Industries, the new Halo studio, which we've just recently been past the baton of the Halo series from Bungie. And uh, now we're working on some secret stuff. But uh, yeah, I've been there for two years. million day one for Reach. Yep. You guys got some. No pressure. Of, no yeah, pressure. No pressure yeah. at all. No, that's that's what I like. You know, I want to have pressure. But so so coming from coming from the West, having worked in the in the East, uh, both sides of uh, production. Like, how do you see TGS uh, these days? Like, what was your takeaway this year? I mean, it, it, you you were here last year. You've been here to the, how many TGSs in a row? You probably haven't missed one in a while, have you? Yeah. Now that I think about it, I think I've been. It was. 2003 was the first TGS I went to, so it's yeah, this is the seventh or eighth one now. So what for you me think? and yeah, so yeah, this I mean TGS for me was always a lot of work because you know and, and for all of us you know you guys you know, used to be in the press and right. you had to lug around equipment and my favorite like story though out and my favorite story about you guys at Koji Pro is you would update the builds each day of TGS yes wow. and then we'd have some poor sap um, thankfully not me. Um, I, although I was a candidate for it, to yeah, get, wake up really early in the morning you know, or, or work all night, work on the build uh, at 7.30 in the morning, hop on a train, go to Makati Mese, which is like an hour and a half train ride, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we upload the builds uh, you know, that, that morning for the players to play. You so, know, oh set, the that's day pressure. Of Jeez. Yeah. Can you imagine being that guy? Like You are responsible for bringing the build, like the new build, to the game show? Well, <laughs> yeah, and you'd, you'd bring builds back and forth to America even, really, right? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah where I would be submitting you know, final builds of, uh, of MGS4 to Sony, a hand, you know, just hand carrying because it was faster than up it was so huge with yeah the blu-ray you're, yeah your dual layer dual layer blu-ray so you're about 46 48 48 gigs and right. so yeah it's quicker to uh hand carry it's it across the pacific ocean right. rather than on a on a t1 line or something like that so wow. anyway so okay now that you can relax yeah so a little <laughs> bit during the show but now yeah so what have i observed um you know, it, it was hard to really pay attention to Tokyo Game Show when you're just working on Metal Gear, and like you know, we really we really love game shows, especially Tokyo Game Show. So I was really focused on that. But I really noticed in the past few years, 
at Tokyo Game Show, like, there's no question. It's getting smaller. You know, there's yeah. it, every time there's Tokyo Game Show, you have like these news, news and articles from Western uh, outlets about oh, Japan's in decline. Uh, right. You know, there, there's Japan's in trouble. Blah blah blah. This year, I thought like the the big change, and I think the most encouraging thing was that I feel like Japan's kind of not trying to embrace like the Western games. I don't, I, you know, the, the the Microsoft booth, the Sony booth. The you know they're they're really putting the Japanese games in the in the forefront, and they're really embracing it. And like when you when you think about the Microsoft uh, Tokyo Game Show press conference, it it was all about the you know, new Japanese games. Like for Connect, you have like Shadows or Shadows of the Dam, but it was a, a code name. Codename D, right. Project mm-hmm. Draco, Haunted, Steel Battalion, Steel Battalion uh, yeah. Rise of Nightmares. You know, there are lots of just Japanese games. They, they barely talked about Halo, never talked about Fable, didn't talk about Gears of War. Because why? Because they know that, you know, who cares? Like, the Western games are not going to sell in Japan. They've tried hard. They've spent hundreds of millions well, of dollars. they're kind of going to sell, right? I mean, Gears is going to sell. Halo's going to sell. But they don't, that, that, they don't need to push that. It's going to sell what it's going to sell It'll, here, yeah. whether or not right. they push it, right? And it's not going to really move hardware whereas if one of these things really hits it could it could make a bigger splash right i mean I, it's not that gears doesn't sell here right or well, halo doesn't I mean, sell you could say it, it sells relative to i don't know but it, it doesn't it doesn't sell anywhere compared to like what a yakuza game would sell right or right. like a tails mm-hmm. game would sell or whatever they're still just like a drop in the pond or you know whatever sure 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 um so and i think it's i think it's healthy for the industry like you can see you know, this year everybody's embracing Japanese games and putting them right in the front of the stage, as, as opposed to like just shoving Western games down the down the Japanese audience's throat. Because it's been proven over the past three or four years the Japanese are just not interested. Granted, I don't think it's a good thing. Like, I don't think I think Japanese should be more open to like what kind of awesome game experiences they can have. But this has been you know a quagmire and a, just a thing that we have not been able to understand for so long. And yeah. I don't I don't know how we're going to get Western games more popular here. So you don't you mm. don't see it slow. You don't see it changing, but just slowly, like games like Fallout get like bigger here and stuff like that and uh, you know your your gta which was a big kind of breakthrough thing i'm i'm curious because i kind of see it it's happening way more slowly than i would think but i see it as happening like a game like i bet you red dead will sell pretty well here um like better than than like a gt in each gta you know what i mean kind of like slowly making inroads um I agree, like something like a Mass Effect should come out here and everybody should be like, holy shit, you know, this is such a breath of fresh air. That doesn't really happen. Right. But but I see it as like evolving, but but albeit like really slowly. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. There's there's slow, slowly becoming converters. I saw that within Kojima Productions from the time I was there. Yeah, exactly. And I was a part, I was a huge catalyst of that. I right. was like, I was like a drug pusher, like trying to push on like <laughs> yeah. these, you know, lots of Western games, like trying to get people excited about that. And and thankfully, that's kind of remained in that studio and those that small cabal of people that I had working and are thinking about Western games all the time. Um, they're influencing other people, but it's you're right. It's very slow, right? Yeah. Right. And and why why try to push? I don't know, Hawks or Splinter Cell, you know, or Prince of Persia even. Hawks, which is, but Hawks has an X on the end. Exactly. Okay. I know it's extreme. Um, yeah, why, why try? Because you, you know it's going to sell 80,000 copies versus you right. know, a Tales game, which was going to sell like three or 400,000 copies or a Yakuza. Um, or well, it, like it is interesting, though, on the other hand, like somebody could argue like, okay, you go to... Um, like Panzer Dragoon games did do well, so that that could be like a potential hit. Although they kind of tailed off a little bit, but Steel Battalion didn't is not like you're like okay, this is going to like reinvigorate you know the Japanese sure. market. And um, the Grasshopper game, God bless them, Grasshopper makes really cool, really interesting games, but mm-hmm. especially in Japan, not really you know mm-hmm. market movers. Um, 
So I do think it's uh, it's interesting that the Microsoft, the way I saw it is Microsoft kind of saying, okay, we have Rare making our games for mom and dad and everybody and the whole family and wagging their arms around like an idiot. Um, <laughs> now let's make some games that are going to appeal to like the, the gamer gamers and mm-hmm. let's go to Japan to do it um, because that's what that's the, what these guys know. Like that's where these guys live. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, Absolutely. And, but I but I agree. Like all respect to that press conference because it was like holy shit. I mean, right down to Radiant Silvergun, right? Like, oh, I know, super hardcore, super cool, right? Do you get more like hardcore? That is fucking hitting like gamers where it hurts. That's exactly like the sweet spot. <laughs> like, Critical Radiant hit, fucking Silvergun, yeah. like finally yeah um so and that i thought it was like a brilliant move but um i think they get it right you know look at japan uh the xbox in japan hasn't been the greatest success ever and you look at the most popular games on there and it's been uh i think blue dragon was the most popular like i think it sold somewhere like half a million you got lost odyssey Mm -hmm. um uh tales of vesperia i mean uh star ocean was actually you know sold really well i think it's top five of all time for xbox 360 like they slowed down recently though hasn't it like all of those games came out they made like that big push they did yeah and then microsoft's been more quiet in japan right up until this tgs and and maybe and i don't i don't i'm not privileged to you know our our big strategy in japan but from an outside perspective or from my perspective what i've seen over the past few years is let's try to get fable 2 uh, you know, really popular in Japan. They did a lot right. of work on Fable 2. Mm-hmm. Great game, right? But it's mm-hmm. just not for the Japanese gamer, right? Same Precious with Precious Moments uh, art style. Just <laughs> yeah. not going yeah. to fly over. But also, I think something else is like those games, like the ones you mentioned, like Star Ocean and Vesperia and stuff, I think while they maybe were okay for Microsoft, I think from the publisher's point of view, with the amount of resources and time that went into them, I don't think they sold enough. And that's why, you know, they got later got ported to the PS3. Now they're making new games and they're just starting off on PS3, I think, because for them, I don't think they were necessarily successful, mm-hmm. which is kind of a problem i mean on paper you know i could see why they'd sign that off those off a long time ago you know just hey these are these are exactly the kind of games that the japanese have proven that they want they want final fantasy like games like lost odyssey they want dragon quest games like blue uh, blue dragon they want kind of anime driven rpgs like tales of Vesperia or star ocean and you know they had uh, you know a limited amount of success and now i'm really interested to see yeah they're now they're going really hardcore they're embracing the really hardcore radiant silver gun right and matsuda you know the rapper rapper guy yes exactly uh, yeah, yeah. grasshopper like, this is too yeah <laughs> <laughs> haunt, i'm sorry <laughs> um and it looks like even rise of nightmares is, i got a very house of the dead vibe from that somebody right. else i heard yeah. said that yeah yeah well, so okay, so moving on from uh, what other trends besides Microsoft is awesome? Did you uh, <laughs> did you take That's out besides all my I'm employer? Not allowed to say. Um, uh, besides my employer rocked TGS. Uh, what other trends did you uh, did you notice? What other on the show want to talk about? Like, man, you, you guys have already exhausted like the Timiko Last Guardian stuff already. I'm sure we talked about it. But what's your? Are you you're excited? I'm very excited, yeah. and um, I, I actually believe that. I was really disappointed that it, there's nothing on the show floor. That it was like a lot of that stuff was shown behind behind closed doors. Right. And like I just feel, felt like it was a big big mistake. Like for me as just like as a creator, I wanted to go to the Sony booth right. and mm-hmm. just get wrapped around like in this engrossed in that in that whole world. And I right. want to see like why should if if Eco and uh, Shadow of the Colossus HD are coming out in literally right. like four or five months, like why aren't we playing it? You know. Right. Right. They like, did. That would seem so, like a really big miss to me and really disappointing. So to be fair, so they showed it. Uh, they showed it as part of a stage show, right? They showed the new game. They showed uh, the Last Guardian, and then they showed um, the two games. But it's not. It wasn't playable on the show floor at least Friday. And they did play it at the press event. They played like the first level of it. But yeah, it's right. coming out. It's in spring. I think the Walmart pre-order thing was for like March. Was the date they had on that? I don't know how trustworthy that is, but. 
but yeah, you're right. It would have been cool for that to be uh, yeah. to be playable. It's just you know you go you go After there and you that. see Gran Turismo. Like mm-hmm. I, I I don't I think I've probably been to like seven like, TGS <laughs> right, in a row where Gran Turismo, Turismo Five has been playable in some form or the other. Um, and then yeah, you just got uh, a bunch of Monster Hunter clones, which I thought was really interesting. I was kind of curious what your guys' perspective on that was because when I look when I open up a Famitsu in Japan, yeah, I usually kind of flip through and I see okay, we got. Like lowly anime, like dating sim, and you've got um, like crazy soccer game. I don't care about. And then, <laughs> then you got Monster Hunter clone, and then you go another four pages, and you got another Monster Hunter clone. Right. You got like dog or dog eater, God eater. Yes, we say that uh-huh. all the time. God eater, yeah, dog, yeah, eater. dog eater. Yeah, uh, God eater. You've got uh, Lord, Lord, Lord of Arcana, which is uh, directed by my new my new best friend Swery. Yeah, Swery sixty five. Yeah, you had dinner with him last I night. I did. Yeah. So, the, do, just quick quick aside here. What was that like? Like, was he coherent? Is I, he like? Oh, he's very, very coherent. He's yeah, not absolutely. like a crazy schizophrenic. Like, was he talking, talking the... to his miso soup? Or... No, you know, that's a, you know, the funny thing, if you guys follow him on Twitter, you find that he's super gracious, super nice guy. Like, you know, one of those like really happy-go-lucky Japanese guys. And, and he's, yeah, for it, people who don't know, he's Swery65. Swery65, yeah, at okay. Swery65. S-W-E-R-Y-65. Right. right. Director of Deadly Premonition, Spy Fiction. Uh, back in the that's PS2 right. days, yes, that's right. Spy fiction, yeah. Wow, as a hard one of the probably one of the hardest working guys I think in the industry. I wow. mean, De- Deadly Premonition, a Red Seeds profile over here was I think in development for something like six years. Not and that's, that you can necessarily tell from <laughs> have the you final played the game. game? Yes, you, I have. Well, maybe that's why the Who tech is mean, like if that. If you play that game, it feels a lot like Shemu was, where there's so much detail. You open up like cupboards and there's stuff in there. It's like Agree. a lot of really excessive. Right. creative work that went to yes. the game. agree. And I don't think it, they should have scoped the hell out of that thing. And I actually talked to their lead level designer there, Wataru-san, who was there last night, too. Yeah. And he was saying, yeah, we should have cut like a lot of that huge open world that they created. Oh, yeah, and, hell yes. uh, yeah. Like, I mean, it was a great learning experience for that team. I've talked on many different podcasts about that game, and I think it, I love that it exists. I think it's super interesting, like, for, and for fuck's sake, for to- like 20 bucks. It's like, sure. come on. Like, that's it's awesome. Totally worth having experience. But is it a good game? Can I recommend it to somebody to say you will have fun playing this game? You have to quantify. You have to quantify (laughs) the the hell out of that game. And once you go through the filters, like, can you forgive really terrible controls? Can you forgive (laughs) Dreamcast uh, quality graphics? Can you forgive terrible, uh, you know, audio direction? Not only can you forgive, can can you you enjoy it? You you almost have to embrace the (laughs) shittiness. It's like you know, you have to just walk through this giant herd yeah. and then you will come out into this like yeah but, well, with another center but do you love japanese games and you do, love, do right. you love the, the legacy of japanese games when you're playing that you feel like i felt like tons of nostalgia of like just what like japanese game creators are all about and like well, yeah. and it's a very creative game that's yes. what i really loved about so it. I, my thing is like do you like twin peaks do you like david lynch do you like kind of off the wall a little bit weirdness do you like like you know, parts of the game are just way weighted. You know, it's like all of this dialogue of him just as he's wandering around in the town. Like, can you enjoy this weird part that any normal studio <laughs> that has like a budget and a time schedule and all of this and stuff huge would never do? Modern yeah, tools. upper management that would just tone back, like tone down a lot of that creative craziness. Right. Like mm-hmm. this, this, these are the kind of games we need to embrace as a studio. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sick and tired of playing like these kind of run and mill, very vol- vanilla games where it feels like the creators uh, are not giving enough enough power to do something that's really different and, and interesting, even if it is kind of risky or not everybody agrees with it. Right. 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 Okay. I got, I so got anyway. this big time sidetracked there. Oh, okay. But uh, he's an interesting, <laughs> so very guy, interesting, so right. very interesting dude. He's now director of uh, Lord, uh, Lord of Arcana, which is a very Monster Hunter like uh, game on PSP. So how weird is that for him to go from this? weird off the wall thing to like monster hunter clone number 67 which is interesting because i his you can tell his 
he's excited about the game, but his passion's not in it, right? Uh, like he's very much interested in trying to do like another kind of more you know a creative game like a, like a Deadly Premonition game. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's director on it. He's just pushing out the door. It's pretty much done. It's coming out in October here in Japan. Um, and then I noticed another game called uh, Earthseeker on, on, on Wii that's being developed by or published by Interbrain, which I thought was interesting. It looks oh, like wow. another Monster Hunter clone. Yeah. Um, and then. God, oh, and, then, and, and then you've got yeah, Fantasy Star, Peace Portable has, 2, Infinity. Has big time elements. Peace of, Walker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Monster Hunter. Which has, and even has a Monster Hunter level. It's funny, yeah. it's funny that we call Fantasy Star a Monster Hunter clone when really Monster Hunter is a Fantasy Star clone in its origin. I mean, it's like a snake eating its right. own tail. It's it, almost right. become, come like around full circle. That is, that is but true. But that is where, you know. Monster when, Hunter kind of was born out of it, but Monster Hunter was so much more different from Fantasy Star than Fantasy Star is now from Monster right, Hunter. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, for God's sakes. So, um, so what, what do you guys think? So, I mean, is that interesting for you? Because you guys are huge Monster Hunter, Hunter, Monster Hunter fans. You guys... You guys localize Monster Hunter Three for Wii. <laughs> no, uh, that'd be a Monster Hunter Try. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> oh. Say it right. Sorry, excuse me. All right. But, yeah. yeah, but you guys interested about- in God Eater and Earthseeker, Lords of Arcana. You guys interested <sighs> me as, as gamers. Um, do you think it's good for the Japanese industry? Should they, should they embrace what they really love, which is mindless, like? crazy like kind of diablo style games with terrible controls well i think it's inevitable that it was going to happen i mean when a game like monster hunter sells as many copies as it does you know i'm I'm surprised there hasn't been more actually and sooner but you know what does that really say about the game when when you know it's kind of marketing driven or they're just sort of like hoping they can get a small chunk of the audience you know if there was one that was really inspired and we were talking a little bit on the last uh on our first episode with garnet about how like you know it would be great if there was actually like a, a westernized like sort of take that monster hunter formula and make it all awesome like if they if they did something like that i think it would be great but what i've yeah. seen so far just looks sort of like a kind of uninspired knockoffs i mean and to be fair i haven't played any of them deeply and i and i will but it, it doesn't none of them really grab my attention mm-hmm. like we walked by the booth yesterday and just like what's that oh it's another monster hunter clone you well, know part of, i mean like a, a big part of what i like about monster hunter is the like the world and the aesthetic and like the it's like right down to the intro movie every time is this yeah. thing where like you're going out and taking down like a rathian and you're taking down this big red dragon and you're coming back and then boom it shows the guy wearing this sweet red armor it's like that it's is morbid a, it's, I, want, it's I just want to get designed, that out there. It's designed so well. Yeah, PETA does not approve uh, <laughs> of this game. It's designed so well. Like, the art direction is amazing. Like, some of the Monster Hunter art books are just astounding. And it's it's not in, like, a particular, peculiarly Japanese way. I think it's in a way that that's right. anybody can appreciate. It's, it's so amazing. And to your point, I, I don't actually care about these other ones because I think they're just not, the world doesn't look interesting to me. The gameplay, I know I would be interested in, but the world, if the world isn't interesting, I don't care. The one time I thought somebody was going to do it was Capcom themselves. I thought Lost Planet yeah, 2 yep, yep. was going to be Monster Hunter with guns which for the West. Awesome. Which would be awesome, right? I mean, you're taking down these giant things with like up to eight dudes or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine with, that? Like, with uh, decent controls, decent right? Controls, good, con- good graphics. And, yeah. Like, you know, different, you know, really huge enemies, even way bigger than they can do in, in Monster Hunter, or, although on average. Like, there's one enemy in Monster Hunter Try that's basically like, I don't think you could do anything bigger than that. <laughs> right. <It's fucking laughs> awesome. But, 
But like even you know getting inside, some one guy's inside the monster, like fucking shooting at his heart, while the rest of them are like tripping up his legs, and doing all that <laughs> shit. Kind of like Shadow of the Colossus in a way. It's exactly. like it meets yeah. Monster it was, Hunter. It was what Shadow of the Colossus was supposed to be too, right? right? Like originally, yeah, that's like, what the game should have been. Absolutely. Mm. So like I thought that that was absolutely going to be it, and they had all this armor customization and all this unlockable stuff, and I'm like, fuck, this is gonna be it. This is gonna be it. This is gonna be it. Right. And then it came out, and everybody's like, this game's. So I got, I got two theories or two kind of opinions about Monster Hunter in the future. So I saw Monster yeah. Hunter Portable 3 at TGS. Yes. It's probably Portable, the most popular uh, game there. Portable 3rd. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Continue. All right. So uh, so saw it on the show floor. One, yes. I've, I've, it's been interesting seeing like the ads for it, seeing the promotion, their aesthetic. Yeah. They've got like Japanese temples now. They've got girls in uh, Yukata yeah. walking around like their, mm-hmm. their booth babes or whatever. And it seems to me... It's in like an onsen. It's yeah. a hot spring. Yeah. 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 You know, it seems to me when I look at it that... Capcom has realized that Monster Hunter will have modest success in the West, but it's really all about Japan. Yes. Right. And let, let's just embrace Japanese culture and let's just make this a nat, really natural, nationalized game. Yes, you know, that's one have. theory. And mm-hmm. I'm curious if you guys, that's, that's just not my a perspective. Theory, that's no, true. that's, yeah, that seems pretty legit. I mean, you just, just take one look at the game and it's like so obvious they're, that's what they're okay. going for. They're yeah. not going to retinker with the controls because the controls work for the Japanese audience. They know, Inafune knows himself, I know that. Monster Hunter controls are very tailored towards the Japanese, okay. even down to the controls. So then they're not going to mess with those. So it's like, yeah, the aesthetic. Let's make it for the audience that we know is gonna it's gonna sell for. All right. So I hope you guys end up localizing it. And if you guys do, if it's gonna be we very Japanese, too. you guys yeah, need to throw too. in more more Japanese words. Like it got to be all according to Keikaku all over again. <laughs> you, know, you got to be having throwing a bunch of different Japanese terms in there. Just embrace you know embrace the culture, embrace the language. I think I don't really know. Cool. You'd be into a, I mean, God, it would be all we would love. To do it, anybody from Capcom, if you're listening out there, <laughs> yes, we loved working on Try and we love the series. And when but, you guys got yeah. lots of praise for doing your work on Try, which is awesome. Oh, Thank you very thanks. Much. But, yeah. but Thank you. we were talking uh, about that actually, like because it would be kind of like a almost like a yakuza like situation, right? Where it's like, okay, well, you want this game to be open to a new market, mm-hmm. but you don't want to deny, you know, what it is, what it's supposed to be, and and that sort of thing. So you don't want to say, oh, it's you know, like in Yakuza, like it's the mafia, it's New York. What are you right? Sure, about? Sure. Like, <laughs> oh, and you rip out the hostess bars in right. the game, right? <laughs> right. Those are strip clubs. Yeah, those are strip clubs. Um, Ryan, those are not hostess. Oh, sorry, sorry. Hostess bar. <laughs> oh, sorry. But I mean, but it's a uh, yeah, it's a fine line. It'd be interesting. I mean, when the game comes out, when I'm, when we're playing, and I'm sure that's what we're going to be thinking of. Like, oh hmm, yeah, how would you make this? Because there might be a way to make it not peculiarly Japanese to make because Monster Hunter kind of takes place in this world that's not Japan. Right, right. right. It's part it's of the Eastern, whole thing, It's though. an easternized it's, version of like kind of a Japan-style world, but it's not necessarily like Japan, you know what I mean? Right. So I think right. th- I think it could be. I think, you know, it, like it would take detail and it would take some care and like thought, but it could be done well, I think. And mm. yeah. Okay, well, so the, my second thing about Monster Hunter yeah. is my theory, um, which might not, might, not, might, might not be uh, the, the most favorite topic for anybody from Capcom listening to this, is All that... Right. So Monster Hunter Portable Second. Yeah, I'll make sure that's clear. <laughs> second it. and G. Yes, highly successful games in Japan. Some of the most successful games in the past five years, right? Yep. Like yes, two, like three, three, three and a half million copies each. Yes, um, even though like the when they sell like the best or whatever the the cheaper mm-hmm. repackaging of it, that thing charts for months. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, yeah. So then. Now, a game that's very near and dear to my heart that I was working on very, very, very briefly before I, I left Konami was uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, which was very Monster Hunter inspired. Right. It's on PSP. Right. They, you know, like John was saying, they had Monster Hunter elements in there. They had a collaboration. They had Monster Hunter Monsters in there. Yeah. 
Um, and that game did not, I don't believe it performed as well as Konami was hoping in Japan. Yeah, I don't, and, yeah. And the, th- the thing I've been hearing from a lot of people mm-hmm. was they attributed that to the recent boom of piracy on the PSP in Japan. And I heard stories of kids, junior high kids, high school kids yeah. in Japan, all gathering around playing Peace Walker and really digging the game. It's one of my favorite games of this year. Yeah. But a lot of kids saying, hey, I'm the only guy here with a legit copy of the game. Everybody else has downloaded it through Turret or whatever. So you're now, my theory is, yeah. I'm wondering, is, like, what is it, Portable Third right. going yeah. to underperform or not sell as much as the previous ones because mm. piracy is starting to take a hold mm. in Japan? I don't think so. I, I think Monster Hunter. I think we've got our new bet. Okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe we do. Maybe we do. I might you guys smell a steak. Yes, because we should. Because mm-hmm. just for the record, uh, yeah. I just enjoyed a very nice steak. And maybe the last steak I'll ever eat in my life because I'm kind of <laughs> weighing, weighing myself off of meat. But uh, thanks to a bet that I won against Mark McDonald over Peace Walker sales in Japan. First, <laughs> Peace Walker sales in America. Oh, yeah, pardon me. Yeah. Peace Walker sales in America. And to be fair, in any just universe, I win this bet. <laughs> it's a it's a no brainer slam dunk bet in the same way invading Iraq. So what was, was a the slam bet? Dunk. Uh, the bet was that first month NPDs in America that Peace Walker would sell over a hundred thousand, and I think it did like eighty three or something like that. It did somewhere around there, not including PSP Go sales. And I'm firmly convinced that PSP Go <laughs> sales ruined my bet. Really? Yes, because the hardcore PSP owners, maybe like. 18,000 of them. We got to get a hold of Sony and find out. And if we could, maybe we could almost retract the winning of this. Bet <laughs> no, it was like, NPDs. We, it was we NPDs. Over time, so we, we get more and more specific about what the bet was. Because yeah. I, I basically said, You let me off the hook, too. Because it was going to, I was going to be, originally it was top 10 in the yep. NPDs. And, and I said, I don't care what month it is. It's not going to chart any month, even if it's June. And I was a little worried yeah, because June's the weakest month for NPDs usually. And it came out early in the month. Yep. And I, I had every chance. And, and there was Peace another Walker. thing. The problem was in June, there was not a, big, not a lot of big releases in America. They had Green Day yeah. Rock Band. Yeah. Right? Dude, it had and every chance. It had every chance. And yeah. look, I'm not... I'm not ex- I, I'm happy about winning the bet. I always love winning against Mark McDonald, but always was one time. But well, uh, but for always, I, yeah, exactly. But I did. I was disappointed that you know Peace Walker didn't sell as well because it's one Me of my too. favorite games of 2010. No doubt about it. It's a super high quality. Totally game. separately from anything, that game deserves sales. Absolutely. Of way, no offense, but way better than Portable Ops, right? Come, dude. Come on. Right. Right. Dagger You're not going to give that up. My heart. You're dagger not going to give that up. No, yeah, well, if, if you're talking about pure quality, absolutely. And game content, stuff over. like that. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that game was freaking overloaded. It is a game that just kept on giving. Like, oh, sure. So much shit in that game. For a portable game, especially, like, that game did not get anywhere near the sales it deserved. Mm. Grant, okay, fair enough. You got your stake. But, but, yeah, but even if you have lots of quali- like high yeah, quality, yeah. abundance of content, all that stuff, does that mean that... That Monster Hunter Portable thing. Third will sell in Japan as much as 2G. It's an interesting question, for because sure. Yeah. I doubt that. I don't think it's going to hit you 2G numbers. Has... I think piracy is starting to really creep its way into Japan. Ah, it will be interesting to see. But I am right now. I'm going to say that you're wrong, just because of the way the tale that Monster Hunter, <laughs> the tale that Monster Hunter <laughs> has had on its sales uh, of second and um, you know second G or whatever the the um, uh, the re-release of the uh whatever the last uh, portable the last psp one was like the way that those have tailed off, trailed off or not trailed off have really like stayed and stuff like that and the hype and the placement and all the ads and co-promotion stuff that third is getting i think that's a game where i think there's a line and i don't i'm surprised that peace that peace walker is on the other side of this line but i think there's a line where people are like this game I want to play, 
but this game I'm going to buy. Like, mm-hmm. this is the game I'm going to line up and buy. You yeah. Know? And that game is like, I, I can see that too. Their, yeah. And you almost wonder, you almost have to wonder if like a lot of people just like pirated Peace Walker because like they sort of kind of wanted it, but didn't really care. But like Monster yeah. Hunter and Portable, I almost agree. It's almost like if there's one game I'm going to buy all year, even if I am a pirate or whatever, it would probably be that game here in Japan. I, I, I hope like, so. I it'll hope so. move hardware again. Like hard, mm. PSP hardware even will get but, bumped. But wh- why can't they do something to stop it? Like, isn't there anything, that, any kind of preventative measure that they firmware, can put in a title yeah like a firm you have to have a new firmware that day you know what they should do I, and people hate this and they need to get over it because our industry is suffering from it it needs to be packaged in with a code that you have to put in a unique cd key or whatever right, right? i think that would and, be fine and mm-hmm. it's funny because console gamers are so adverse to that they're so they, right. they hate it with their all their being right right and then mm-hmm. they'll go next day to best buy and they'll buy uh, uh starcraft 2 and they'll put in a cd key and they'll be fine with it right right like, right, right you got it the, the industry needs to embrace this kind of stuff because it's yeah, getting out of yeah. control. The, the PSP, true, yeah, when true. when that happens to a Metal Gear, I was just shocked. That was the first. I mean, I knew the PSP sales were hurting. We talked to people all the time. DS is actually it's it's a real big problem, right? Like mm-hmm. Nintendo's even talked about it. They're they, it was much harder to do uh, to crack the Nintendo games, or you had know, to buy the cartridge and do the thing to hook it to your computer. Whereas PSP, yep, it yep. was like fuck, the day you bought it, it was like sure. plug it right in. But the, even that. It's really hurt, and the third parties are just really not. We were talking uh, on on the last eight uh, four play about how much there just weren't DS games at TGS. Yeah, you know the mm-hmm. the, the big thing I thought was yeah, PSP is still very strong in Japan. A lot, a lot of companies really banking on the success. Right, third um, birthday, third birthday, uh, uh, Square Enix. There's a lot of big uh, PSP titles actually. Yeah, the, with Dissidia sequel, right? Um, yeah, Fantasy Star Portable, Fantasy uh, Star Portable, uh, Valkyria Chronicles Three, which is a pretty big game. Yeah, you got right. uh, Yakuza or Yuga Kotoku. Yep, um, yep. Kurohyo, which is uh, coming Black out Panther. next week yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Japan. Um, yeah, I mean, lots of really, really big games, and uh, it's really interesting to see that that PSP, like the really, the, a lot of companies are really hoping that they could, that's like where they're going to be selling a lot of games. It's so. causing this weird separation, right? Because it's like, okay, they bring out, they spend the resources making these big budget games for PSP in Japan, and then America is like, well, that's great, but we're we can't like throw a big thing of marketing behind this and a big thing to localize this when PSP market here is exactly hell. Look at what you know. I'm sure everyone now is pointing at Peace Walker. And mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. If that's what Metal Gear can do, what the hell is our you know yeah. IP right. going to do? And I think the piracy issue is even worse in Europe. And I and I've heard I, I I'm 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 almost certain that the next God of War I think was it Ghost of Sparta yeah. uh, on PSP is yeah. is not going to sell. Um, anywhere near what uh, Chains of Olympus sold. And See, it's just, that'll be it's another a, interesting. Yeah, that'll be another interesting thing because I, I'm hoping that my thing that I'm thinking with Monster Hunter will stay true to that too. And it's like, okay, well, it's got a war. I'm gonna go to GameStop and buy it. I really, I hope so. But we'll, we'll, well see. Looks I like guess. we got two bets kind of coming up. <laughs> oh, we have a connect bet as well. Like, oh, don't forget that yeah, one. Yeah, we have another one. So. Yeah, yeah, that one's definitely gonna. gonna I'm a lot more through. bullish on it than you are, but that yeah. makes sense. So what, what's the connect bet? So everybody knows. Yeah. Well, we haven't. It hasn't been defined yet. But the basic thing is, I don't think it's gonna sell, and Ryan thinks it's going okay. to. Oh, okay. Oh, it's gonna be a huge, huge, huge hit. Yeah. Whether so. whether the hardcore wanted to be a hit or not. It's, that was three huges, I think. So <laughs> yeah, maybe it's it's just one million huges. for each huges. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that. Maybe that would work. Maybe we can yeah well we'll, anyway, we'll so, work it out later so the psp topic's interesting that leads yeah. to my, my final kind of topic and i'll just shut up about my my take on where japan is right now sure and that is my my next theory is that uh, when the 3ds comes out oh yeah that will be the like <laughs> it, that is what japan video gaming development video game development will be all about in the future really right. um so I, why what what do you have a different take is it just that you saw it at e3 it looks really cool 
What well, is it? I mean, obviously, like I want Japanese game developers to continue to embrace you know 360 Connect. I want it to be really huge here, and I think it will. I think it will be successful here. Um, uh, but uh, but I do see uh, like the 3DS. When I look at Japanese game development, when I look at you know where Japanese game development struggles, where it's really uh, where it's really strong, it's usually in the portable side. Uh-huh. We found with this generation that Japanese game developers, with a few exceptions, particularly Metal Gear, maybe Final Fantasy, they have a really hard time competing with the West on big budget yeah, console AAA. games. Yeah. Right? You look at Yakuza; it's a fun game, but mm-hmm. it the animation, right. graphics, gameplay they're good controls, at mid-sized it games, right? They're yeah. not the download space too. It's kind they they don't really know what's going on. They right. haven't gotten into the whole indie game thing. The AAA games, huge big budget games, they don't invest and don't do those that often. Mm-hmm. It's the mid-tier games that they're nailing, right? Mm-hmm. With some exceptions like you say like your Bayonettas and your sure. uh, right. Metal Gears. And yeah, so, so some exceptions, but I really see them struggling. I think it's for a variety of reasons. I think you got budget problems. I think you've got um, you've got directors who are really old now that aren't playing games anymore, especially Western games are not seeing the trends. Right. And you've got another issue I think was the, maybe the biggest one is that Japanese culture, at least in my opinion, has a really hard time scaling to the to the to the size that you need for a huge console game. Racist. Because because, <laughs> because Japanese. <laughs> I hear that thing old stereotype on this podcast. Yeah. I don't know. That old stereotype. I remember my grandpa <laughs> saying that when I was little, <laughs> when he got back from the war. It makes, Japanese developers just don't scale. Yeah. Yeah, so he was talking about what some kind of like Atari game or exactly. uh, it was like, yeah, yeah. It was a Vic, Vic kind of, I think or something. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it's Japanese is very top down. Their, their their corporate structure and like their team structure is very top down, and that does not suit. And if we want to talk about you know things I've really learned in the past few years working in mm-hmm. in America is that you have to have a much wider distribution of creative talent and direction across the whole studio. Right. Or you're just not going to create something awesome and big and cool, right? It's just it's too much for one guy at the top. Unless yeah, you're Hideo Kojima true. or maybe uh, you know Nagoshi or somebody who's really strong in a, in a, in a studio mm-hmm. to really, really drive um, you know, 150, 200, 250 guys on a project, right? right. And I just, I, I really, I've really seen that. So I really think that a team of 50 or 60 working on a portable game, especially the 3DS, mm-hmm. and then you start seeing all these announcements, new Metal Gear, um, what did have a Dragon Quest or a Final Fantasy, uh, new Resident, Resident Evil is coming Evil. up on, on yeah. 3DS. I think this is going to be the best avenue mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For, for the Japanese game developers is, is in the portable space. And I really see either the 3DS or the next PSP or maybe some mobile gaming. I'm not quite sure. But I really see the, the game industry really embracing the portable side. And hopefully, mm-hmm. well, maybe for better or for worse, in a couple of years, I think we're going to really see Japan being much more about portable games as opposed to huge triple-A right. blockbuster games on console. Which I guess makes it all the more surprising to me that Sony is not saying anything, teasing anything, doing anything about PSP2. Right. And before the 3DS, a la saying, oh yeah, the PS3 is coming out in March. Really, it yeah. is. You know, just to even cock-block the, yep. the the 3ds like sure. say something like give people some everybody knows it's coming but like, i mean everybody in the industry but they haven't actually done anything official at all so like the right. media i mean the, the mass market knows nothing about it and they need to but, so 3D- what do you guys think about my theory though because you guys you guys are very hyper aware of what what games are coming out down the pipe what you the, guys are the, working the on that the 3ds that, is well, 3ds up. or psp or whatever like that the, the i don't that the japanese games developers are going to really move much more closer, like much more focused on the handheld market as opposed to trying to compete on the console side. I think I think you're you're on to something for sure, but I, th- I I think personally it's not necessarily just handheld as much as it is smaller budget, smaller maybe downloadable type okay. games or which, connect games. Which 
you know, maybe the same kind of the same type of games as you'll find on handhelds. But I think you're going to see more like of these sort of you know downloadable type titles. I think what you said is really interesting about the um, you know the fact that the size of the the studio and being able to manage that many people makes it harder to do those games because that's not something I really thought about before but it makes total sense to me because i could totally see that from a lot Mm -hmm. of the people we know in the industry Mm. but um i I think we're going to see more like we're seeing it now right with the radiant silver guns and these things getting done for like arcade and cave shooters and iphone games and well yeah i was going to say i think the big stories right now in japan are things like uh are the mobile games Mm -hmm. right and that's where all the money is going and so Mm -hmm. i think you might see more i mean i think you will definitely definitely see a move towards smaller games handheld games games that will work on ds and kind of have some mobile aspect maybe with a Mm -hmm. website or something like that that kind of stuff i think you'll see a lot of the downloadable games thing i want to see happen Mm. what the 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 trend that i really would like to see happen is to happen here what was kind of been happening over the last five years in the west which is okay i worked on metal gear that was cool. I got the big whatever studio experience. Now right. I'm going to break off and make my own fucking kick-ass XBLA game mm-hmm. with a team of like three or four other dudes, and then you know th- th- basically have the whole indie market mm-hmm. explode. Yeah. And then you know then from that get get more of the like um, bigger smaller games. Sure. If you know what I mean, the games like um, like uh, Shadow Complex or, or stuff like right. that. The games that are coming out, um, the Mega Man's and stuff and- like that. That would be great because that's what Japan's good at, right? I mean, all when we growing up, the reason I think so many Japanese games were so like kind of ahead of the pack is because that that's what all there could be, right? That was what games were back then, and they they're great at games that require like little attention to detail, hardcore like focused you know game design and like specific you know when you get into these big giant games and these three D worlds and everything, that's where Japan's like, competency seems to sort of fall apart, right? Mm, so right, it'd be great to see more. Of the, yeah, I would love to see more of those games, and I think that could that is one way that Japan could get themselves a little bit back on the map. What do you think about that, Hiroko? You haven't talked just yet. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of agree with John. Like, I don't think um, Japan's going to be concentrating on the 3DS market mm-hmm. or like handheld, not just only the handheld. But yeah, you, you, what you said really made sense. Like, you know, I think, and like knowing these producers in person too, like it does feel like you know, like they do it with a power-driven way. They do, um, they lead the team with a power-driven way. So mm-hmm. it, is, it does really make sense that, you know, it's difficult for them to reach out to like 100 or 200 people, all, all those, those people on their team. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. Fun, it's funny, though, one thing that struck me when you were mentioning that, like, it can't work, like, having one guy drive the entire thing. But back when we were talking about Deadly Premonition, you were actually, it was actually kind of like, you know, you also at the same time, you kind of want that auteur vision one guy mm-hmm. driving everything right it's and kind of no absolutely and i think that's why you see from the west a lot of games i think are really lacking on the creative side because you don't yeah. have a vision kind of watered down yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it just Definitely. speaking of, of from experience just like working in america right now like if i have a really crazy idea like you have to sell it so hard right and you always have detractors if it's kind of risky or different that nobody's right. ever done before you will have a really big problem uh, pushing it through unless you are a peter molyneux or maybe a Ken Levine, right. or somebody else who has a really strong personality that's got their whole team behind them. And a them. track record. Yeah, right. and a track record, absolutely. Right. Yeah, and it's it's really hard to do creative, crazy things. Like the best example I can give, at least on the Japanese side, is um, I remember talking to my, uh, my old team about Metal Gear Solid 3. My favorite scene in that game was, uh, was when Snake or Big Boss is climbing the ladder... Yeah. And uh, and it goes for a couple minutes, yes, yeah. and then the song starts playing, the right. Snake Eater theme. Yeah. It's a really cool moment, right? Yeah. But Hideo, like, or at least in the team, there was a lot of people that 
were really worried about it. They didn't think it was a cool idea. They said really? players are going to be confused. This is boring. Blah blah blah. And I'm happy that you know Hideo did have the power. People yeah. right, say, right. guys, STFU. I'm doing this. <laughs> you know, sit down. I'm the director. Blah blah blah. Right. Mm. And be able to push that forward because you get something different and creative. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think yeah. well, oftentimes when you play, I'm not going to name names, but you play most of the games coming out of the West. Yeah. It, they're quality. They're they're polished, but they're not Focus huge tested. creative. Yeah, the focus yeah. tested. You know. I wonder if you, yeah, if you put that, uh, if you had a focus group play Metal Gear Solid Three. I am I, everybody I know loved that mm-hmm. scene where you're climbing up that ladder. But if you focus tested that thing, you might get something back. Like, yeah, I don't. I, I wanted to be shooting more dudes. Yeah. Why know. wasn't I? Why wasn't I shooting dudes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, then, and then all of a sudden, the detractors on your team have got more ammo to say to try to kill that idea. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's a weird thing, and I, I, we're we're all we're all learning how to do this properly, yeah. right? And so I think we have lots of things to learn from Japanese side, and also the you know the Western side. Cool. Well, I hope you guys are learning a lot because uh, Halo is in your dainty little hands now. <laughs> That's right. Now that uh, now that reaches ship, so we'll be yeah. looking forward to. Uh, I'm you know I'm just this is just for uh, uh, you know us six in this room, but I'm here in Japan <laughs> studying up. No on, one's listening. It's yeah, fine. nobody's listening. Setting up on uh, dating sims. I'm thinking about a Cortana dating sim. That's what uh, I heard. Love plus, plus, love plus collaboration. <laughs> That's about as far as I could say at the moment. You laugh now, but if somebody would have told me there'd be like Halo Risk, where like you know <laughs> you were it, it, fucking flying around little covenant vehicles, and as you're, yeah, I would have I would have laughed then too. Yeah, sure, we'll see. Sure. <laughs> Don't rule anything out. You never Don't know. Give marketing yeah. any ideas. <laughs> Anyway, cool, man. Thanks uh, thanks for coming on, though. And uh, you're welcome back anytime and every time you are in Yeah, town. good luck to mm-hmm. you on your guys' show. Thanks um, very much. 8-4, you know. Give them your, uh, your Twitter name in case uh, people want to. I'm at Ryan Payton. Hear more. Yep, very, yep. very simple. R-Y-A-N-P-A-Y-T-O-N. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, you probably won't be hearing from me for a couple more years because I'm back in media blackout. This is a very rare exception where I could actually kind of talk awesome. and, uh, mm-hmm. and kind of vo- vocalize my crazy opinions. So well, it's, cool, it's been fun. Cool. Thanks for Thank you. setting that up. And Thanks, that Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. hilarious um so we're back with uh with shane bettenhausen for uh last little bonus round before we close this thing out shane are you ready yes okay so basically we talked a lot about a lot of games last week but i think a lot of people out there would like to hear the uh the mr bettenhausen take on these things so let's call him man god i mean come on the man god okay i wasn't gonna try not to use that that mantle has long since been retired has it i don't know but anyway we got like yeah five or six games from TGS, so just give us like your thoughts. These are all things we talked about last episode. If you didn't download it, you should download it now. It's awesome. Really? Yeah. You, you like fan? it? I thought it was the best podcast on the market. Wow. We didn't Sorry. pay you. We're not giving no money changing hands here. Sorry. John. Garnet was a part of that. Garnet was here, maybe. Yeah, he was, he was good. So, all right, here we go. Ready. Are you ready? Yeah. And go. Shadows of the damned um i'm excited about it i like the soundtrack a lot i hear a butt coming up but 
but it looks but... a lot like Resident Evil 4. Hmm. Is that a bad thing? Well, kind of. I Why? mean, I just wanted something new, and I, I kind of already feel like I know what to expect from it. Maybe the trailer wasn't representative. Maybe there's a lot more that I haven't seen. And it, clearly, the weapon transforms in different things. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main character looks a lot like Suda Fifty One. <laughs> he he does have a kind of a Suda haircut, right? He also has his nose. Look at his nose. He, he has. Oh, I didn't nose. notice that. A lot of people were remarking about the haircut. Yeah. Um, but the aesthetic is a little bit from Dust Till Dawn, and that seems, mm. you know, it maybe if it's intentionally nostalgic, that's one thing. But if if, if nostalgic that, for like what was that nineteen ninety five six right? But if that is just like what he thinks is currently relevant and cool, it might be a little. You know, speaking of due date. speaking of thinking what's currently relevant and cool, new Don't My Cry, Shane okay. Benhausen take. So I don't like the redesign of Dante. He, looks, he looks emo. You you do like it? I do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why don't you try to defend wow. that real fast? Just to justify wow. justify that. Okay. Uh, Dante used to be like this weird looking dude with a bro on and a long trench coat, which was always cool. With a bro on. Yeah, because you, you know, mean a bra, a, a bra, a di- yeah. Oh, a, a bro. bro is a bra, a bra for guys. Yeah. Uh, if you've that was his out. sword strap, man. <laughs> and you know he's had he's had like you know his white little emo hair since the third one. White is emo. White this hair is, is, white is not emo. It's cut in a quote unquote emo okay, style. Okay, go ahead. We'll right, let right. you continue. We'll finish. Let you finish. So at its core, I don't think the design has changed th- oh, that much. Come on, JJ. Like, from its oh. from its like. You know, when the whole crux it's of theme. The, hey JJ, when the crux of the trailer is old man, what his name is, like who am I? When it's like two minutes, or I wonder who that character is, and then the big reveal is that that's Dante. I think that is the fact that they've changed him so much that you're not supposed to recognize who it is. Well, of course you're not supposed to recognize him, but the, like the key points are that he looks emo, he's like angsty, he's kind of stylish. But so so you think? So let me just it's get just this straight. Updated. And uh, we've talked about this so much, we won't talk about it much longer, I promise. But let me just get this straight. So old Dante character design, new Dante. Dante character design you say new Dante character design cooler has, I want to play the, yeah. it has more character like no, you just, can just yeah, it's a yes yeah. or no question no that's a that, the, okay. yeah he has more okay. character so okay, yes. fair enough okay, things I found interesting Kotaku at TGS they interviewed a bunch of girls who were cosplaying as yes. Dante and Nero you see this yeah, yeah and all did. their responses the two best ones were the girl who's like like I'm gonna complain about it but I'll still buy it another girl was right. like I will complain about it while I buy it <laughs> <laughs> but and, and that's the whole thing like in fairness we talk about like the character design and all this like the gameplay is going to be end up well, being what matters. Character design does matter, especially yeah, when it's a character that's well known. If Mario had like fucking bleach blonde, like <laughs> you know, mohawk and a goatee, like we I would might like that. Yeah, that might be good. But I will say this: so Devil May Cry has never been a consistently good franchise. One and three are good. Two, yeah, two was kind of shit. Four had some problems. Four was playing it by the numbers. I would I would argue by, by the numbers you mean having to fight all the bosses three times. Playing it safe. Very um, safe. But as a well-known fan of Heavenly Sword and <laughs> as someone who's looking forward to Enslaved, I think that Ninja Theory will probably do a really good job with this game, but the character, I do wish he looked a little different. Okay, well, let's let's move okay. on since we've talked so much about it. So, uh, as sure as Asura's Wrath. I think it looks awesome. I've always been a big fan of Cyber Connect 2. And, mm. um, what, what specifically, which of the, the Dot Hack games? I like or? Dot Hack. I like Tail Concerto. I like Silent Bomber. You um, love that Silent I, Bomber. I like the graphics in the Naruto games they did. I think they do great yep. work. Yep. And uh, I think it looks great. I don't like the main character a whole lot, but it won't keep me from playing the game. Really? Yeah. You don't like that main character? Yeah. 
It doesn't do much for me. He's got white hair. He's got like the old Dante, right? Yep. No, he's. <laughs> I don't know. He's all muscular and stuff. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the character in, in Enslaved, oddly enough. Hmm. Interesting. But, um, you know, was that game even at the booth at Capcom's booth? Uh, no, I don't. No. I don't believe not it. Playable. I mean, it, it may have been some video. I didn't even see it on video. I don't I, even know. I was staring at the Capcom video the entire time when I was there. There's an interview in the new uh, Famitsu Japanese oh. magazine, though, and uh, by the time you hear this, should be some coverage on oneup.com. So little, plug, cool. little plug there. Yeah, cool little to plug. see what those guys say. Little plug, little plug. So, um, the new Yakuza game. Well, the PSP one that comes out tomorrow? The PS... The PS3 the one. PS3 no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, of the yeah. end. Whenever it comes out. So actually, that was the at, at the Seiza the in- Awards, that was the last game to get one of the future awards. And right. Nagoshi and his um, cadre of, of porn stars go up on stage. Sluts. And, and then... <laughs> cadre the, of sluts. I know zom- you wanted to say that. <laughs> the zombie came up with them, was staggering around, like making a big mess of the stage. Cool. And Nagoshi was surprised. <laughs> Is Nagoshi like, uh, like eerily thin still? Because I saw a picture of him recently. I think it was on Kotaku. He, he was thin and brown. But um, I mean, they're like, it was like crazy, like emaciated. Yeah. Well, he, um, he was thin and brown, but he was very humble, which you don't expect. And what he was mm. saying about this game is that it is not five. It is not a mainline game. It is a spin-off, and that's why he felt okay doing such a totally wacky thing with it. Right. And uh, at the end, the the announcer joked that the next one should be uh, a baseball game, and he's like, maybe it will be. <laughs> so, there it is. I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know it's a, I'm excited to see him doing something totally different with it. Hopefully, the series finally catches on in the West with four. So anything else that you noticed that you wanted to talk about? Nino Kuni, you're a Studio Ghibli guy. Yeah, I, I am, and I didn't get a chance to play the PS3 version. I really wish I could have. Yeah. But... I will say the characters look amazing, but the backgrounds do look a lot like other level five towns. Like I kind of felt like there's Little White Knight Chronicles, Little Rogue Galaxy, mm-hmm. um, and they didn't quite match the level of visuals I was expecting. It's still very early. It comes out in like a year and a half. So eh, sure. It's not that early. No, it comes out next year. Really? Yeah. Officially? Yeah. Yep. 2011. So, really? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sure to get. There's no, there's no, there's no season announced, but oh, the, okay. the yeah, the PS3 game is 2011. But I'm still, I'm super excited for it. But I'm also, I'm, I am, I, I'm curious if it'll have any of the functionality of that book. You know, like that the book that comes to the DS one is right. mm-hmm. is a cool book, but it's also kind of like copy protection, I guess, in a way. Right. That's um, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm always curious and excited to see what Level Five does, even if White Knight Chronicle did let me down a little bit. Hmm. Um. So why'd you look at me like that when you, said you worked that? on it? Because <laughs> you let me down. Hey, a I bit. held up my end of the bargain. Yeah, you did. It, I held up my a, end of the bargain. Fantastic look. Thank you very my, much. My my, so, my my main character who never uttered a word was fantastic. <laughs> all right, all right. So what else? What else? Uh, I was a little uh, crestfallen by the announcement of the new Tengai Makio game. Wait, what? I didn't even hear about oh, this. Yeah. For what system? The last couple, though. How can you be crestfallen at this point? Because they've put out stuff that. Like nobody well, ever heard about that never they, went anywhere that nobody out, bought. When they finally put out Namida, the canceled PCFX Tengai Makio that had been waiting uh. waiting fifteen years for. It wasn't very good, right? Um, and uh, well, it's funny when you ask what platform the new Tengai Makio is for. I bet you would never guess. Ever. Uh, iPad. Nope. <laughs> well, actually, after a fashion, yes, it is browser based. What the fuck? Yeah. Are they going to sell it in uh, Korea or what? I don't What's know. the idea? It's, there? it's a big disappointment to me. Wow, that's yeah. very sad. What about speaking of disappointments, Fantasy Star Online? Don't 2. get me started. I know oh, that God. Yeah, on the on the podcast, like I was right there with you. It, yeah, it, it breaks my heart. In, yeah. in like a million pieces because you know how much I love PSO yeah oh, big time and on the trailer they play the old PSO music and, and that you know yeah. pull the heartstrings and just... it almost makes it worse that they play the old music <sighs> I know and it's it, it's because it's PC only and because 
they didn't really show anything i don't i mean i just don't trust them anymore it's like i've been yeah. burned so many yeah. times i'm more excited about my my personal um you know when my heroes Colonel Sanders appearing in Fantasy Star Portable. <laughs> that is actually very exciting. <laughs> you've, you've dined with his family, haven't you? Yeah. I have. I did, in fact, eat chicken at his wife's house back in Kentucky. My, did, my, did he know about that? He was dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> there are some people with that know what's going on, at least. We yes, know involved somewhere there in Sega. Well, and there are a bunch of nods to PSO in that right. PS Portable 2 right, right, or whatever right. it is. Right. Um, but yeah, PSO 2... Please, please, please be good. I'm not holding out a whole lot of. Will you buy? I I don't know if I've ever Will seen I you play a PC, a PC game ever in my life. I don't think. I don't have Windows on my Mac, but if PSO2 comes out and is good, I will attempt to run Windows on my Mac and play it. All right, you heard it here first. So, any anything else? Man, um, Gun Loco. Oh God. <laughs> no good. So huh? you saw it. I saw it. Yeah. If it if it were a download game, I'd be willing to take a chance on it. But right. as a disc based title, it no just seems same. Like, yeah. Okay. We've we've probably picked on Gun Loco enough. Any last? Uh, um, I'm really excited comments? for Radiant Silver Gun. Yeah. That is one of the greatest shooters ever made. Indeed. And for that to go to a wider audience is is fantastic. Me- me- do you think it'll do well if it, if it were up oh, to? Y- oh yes, I do. Just on reputation. Yes, I think it'll it'll do very very well. Cool. And you know, I know Treasure takes a long time to do these things. I wish they could uh, get a little faster. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Between this and Bangayo, I think they've been working on those games for a few years actually. Yeah, two years. Because we actually met with Maigawa-san last year and he's like, yeah, I'm really busy. Sorry. Come back to me in a few years. Yeah. Yeah. They stay small basically, right? I mean, they're not they're right. really well known, but right. they want to stay small. Well, and then, like, you know, they have a good relationship with Nintendo, so you have a hard it's a hard time to, like, you know, get a gig over Nintendo with them. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, and is that it? Anything else? <sighs> I guess that's about it. I feel sad because I could keep talking here, but uh, if, yeah. you, if you let me just talk, I'll just plug our own games. Oh, that's all right. I think you did. I think you did a good job of that earlier. Um, so yeah. So thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. And you know, I, I come back to Japan a lot, so I would like to be on this podcast again. Absolutely, awesome. absolutely, anytime. Sweet, of course. You will be a regular. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's about it for uh, this week's show. This yeah. week's actually. So we should that's say. True. This is supposed to be a bi-weekly But there's podcast. just so much good stuff, there's you just, couldn't hold it down. So we couldn't, too many good, good guys in town. Shane was in town, Ryan was here, yeah. we don't want this well, to Well, how much are you stale. charging for these, right? You're charging like four ninety nine each? Is that, a, is that, is that the Giant Bomb model? Would now, you, no, no things at Giant Bomb. We didn't like I, love, the, I love those guys. We like those guys, yes. so... Um, but yes, our website is now live, so you could find us and, there. At, and it's classy. It's Thank classy. you. It's, classy. it's very basic. It's minimalist. Minimal. It's just there basically to give you this podcast. You don't, you don't have to be garish. You don't have to have like flash no. sunburst. Thank you. Not, not every, about the flash. Not yeah, every no. Japanese site needs like, you know, the like starburst background and like blue text on top of it flashing. And <laughs> you can find us at www.8-4.jp. You can find this um, podcast you there. You can find this podcast there. Uh, leave us comments. We want feedback. This is new. Oh. We're just getting started. We want to know... Yeah, we said this before. We're going to say it all the time. We want to hear from you can guys. I, can I request guests in the future? Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah, you can yeah. request guests right uh, now. Uh-huh. People already have, and there's already a bunch that we have lined. You've up. been requested, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, and actually, so was Ryan Payton, which was oh, nice because look, we had actually already recorded. Wow, look how it, fast so. you're delivering. That's right. Yes. And we're gonna yeah. we're gonna go over feedback too, like within the show. We didn't we this will. week because we had a lot of shit going on, but we have been hearing stuff that people have already said and we yeah, definitely yes. will be integrating. Leave that. us comments on the website, uh, leave us tweets at uh, eight four play. There's no dash because Twitter doesn't let you have it, so oh. it's eight four play. Can I plug my tweet? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're all, gonna get around to it. Hang on, hang on. You can also find us individually, uh, Mark, what's your Twitter? Uh, Mark MacD. JJ, what's your Twitter? S P R S K. Hiroko, what's your Twitter? Hiroko84. I am John TV. 
I'm Shane Watch. Shane Watch. You can find Shane. Uh, yeah, so leave us Twitter, uh, leave us comments there, leave us comments on the website. Uh, special us. thanks to all the guys on NeoGaff who had a nice long thread about us and gave us a lot of positive feedback. A lot of comments. love there. Indeed, yeah, please keep it coming. Yes. We do listen, actually, a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't fucking listen to it. We do listen all to NeoGaff. All I do Neo all day Gaff. is sit on NeoGaff and press F5. <laughs> we do listen to NeoGaff. We've been on there for like 15 years. I gotta figure out what my username and password where I forgot it. I think it was Liquid Swords. Yeah, or I don't remember like what that. my password was, though. Uh, and also, oh. special thanks to our gracious hosts at oneup.com. Indeed. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, we Sam. will see you again in two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Maybe. Shane, give us a going out catchphrase. Yeah, you asked Garner for that. That's that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. You didn't think about that coming in. Come on. Yeah, we're gonna. Come that's on, our. Shane. That's our new do tradition. It, what, 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 what would Asian York say? Oh, what would Asian York say? Oh boy. All right, we fail again twice in a row. See you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>